Hello and welcome everyone to episode 29 of the Pointy Hatcast, where we cover movies. I am Sam, and we're joined by our fellow co-host, Barry. What's up? And Isaiah. What's up? Today we'll be covering Knives Out, a fantastic whodunit movie by Ryan Johnson. Why don't we go straight into it? Barry, take us away. Visionary genius writer-director Ryan Johnson has (laughs) brought us an exemplary movie. Uh, really stand out in the whodunit murder mystery genre. Uh, <laughs> unironically, though, this is this is literally my movie of the year last year. I don't think it's the best movie technically. It's it's certainly high up there, but I had a lot of fun watching it. And when I think back on the year, it's a year chock full of really really good movies, and I, I just had so much fun with this film. And it felt like great vindication for <laughs> the amount of hate Ryan Johnson was getting. Yeah. I'm very happy that he got this movie made. And I'm very happy that it was a big slap in the face of everyone that said he was an incompetent film director. Uh, because it's well-constructed, well-written, and well-directed. And I had so much fun with it. It's It's a movie that you can enjoy it with your whole family even though there's like violent murders and stuff <laughs> it's visually very appealing um it's gorgeous to watch it's extraordinarily well acted all the performances are so stand out and the cast is so stacked that it's tough to pick who was the best performance in this film because everyone is just having so much fun with it i would recommend this film to I think just about anyone. I think just about anyone anyone can have fun with it. If you're a fan of the genre, you will love it. If you have passing interest in just watching an interesting, quirky movie, I think you'll enjoy it. And if you hated The Last Jedi, you should definitely watch this. <laughs> because maybe you'll understand the voice <laughs> of genius writer-director Ryan Johnson a bit more. Visionary, yeah. What did you think, Isaiah? just straight up i was so surprised (laughs) because the extent of my knowledge of ryan johnson is the last jedi (laughs) i was like wow this movie isn't garbage whoa whoa what do you mean last jedi was a masterpiece what are you talking about very 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 debatable (laughs) it's our highest rated movie just, just average wise, you know, I'm just saying, just saying. I gave it a nine. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, wow. That's quite yeah. strong. Yeah. Yeah, no, the movie was fantastic. It's like an extremely well shot, mm. well acted whodunit mystery. And yeah, it's completely just reminiscent of like Agatha Christie novels. When I was a kid, I used to read a lot of like Sherlock and very gruesome murder mysteries. So this struck a very strange chord in me <laughs> and i was just like this is incredible just the whole time and the plot twists and i don't know just fantastic i i really have pretty much no complaints about this film which is crazy in and of itself right yes hmm. I, I like there was nothing i could really maybe stuff i can nitpick but just generally speaking, this movie was fantastic. And I think it was even better because I didn't expect it to be. And that's you, why. It, could you say that 
he subverted your expectations. <laughs> I could, I could. Yes. <laughs> yes. Missionary writer, director, John, writer Ryan Johnson strikes again. That was his plan all along. Last Jedi and then Knives Out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Set the bar so low, no one expects anything of you. And then when you slightly pass the bar, people will think you are truly a writer, director, genius. Uh, what do you think, Sam? Oh yeah, I love this movie so much. I think the one word for me that could sum this up is fun. It's a really fun movie. Uh, it's it's not up its own ass uh, at all. There are some meta stuff uh, which Barry can probably you know go over better than I. I didn't get to listen to the commentary track. I'm really sad, but I'll do that too. I'll do that after the podcast is over. So for those of you who haven't watched the movie and you want to watch. With commentary, you can download it for free. Ryan Johnson did that. Again, genius, genius, yeah, visionary genius. writer. They've director. seen the movie. Let's bring them back to the theater with the commentary. Come with the commentary, make them watch it again. But yeah, uh, the movie is well made in almost every regard. Like like uh, everyone else before me said, it's well shot, well acted. The cast is pretty stacked. Every aspect, every element of the the movie as a work of cinema holds. The story holds as well. And it's just a really fun movie. And it's a very smart movie, too. Uh, there's some, some yeah, things they poke yeah. fun at. Yeah, I, I really liked the character, uh, the, the detective character Daniel Craig plays. He's both the smartest and the dumbest <laughs> guy alive at the same time. And it's uh, <laughs> just more relatable. Where, no, no, you know, no. He's just yeah. subverting your expectations. You're right, you're right. You, know, you don't want like this Sherlock yeah. who's a genius. This guy is smart but also dumb <laughs> so anyways just had fun with the whole movie and i was enjoying every moment of it and again like i, I wouldn't say it's the most well constructed film in terms of having deep things but you don't need that you just want it to be fun sometimes this is definitely the most fun i had watching a movie in a long time so that's More high praise oh is that even definitely possible? godzilla king of the monsters oh get that garbage out of here uh, but yeah, <laughs> more like not the king of movies. That's what the KOTM, you know, it's the same thing. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's just really fun. And I think it goes to show that Ryan Johnson, who was also writer director for real, he wrote it and directed it. No, like actually, uh, yeah. yeah, he yeah. actually wrote it and directed it. Uh, goes to show that, you know, he's, he's pretty good. He's solid. Uh, I think if people rewatch Last Jedi, they would, you know, see that it's actually okay. You know, there's some parts that are really dumb, but <laughs> right, let's not hate on these guys too much. But yeah, I th- I felt like it was validation for Ryan Johnson. Absolutely. Yeah. After the mountains of criticism, yes. he got vindication. Vindication. Yes. Vindication. I validation. I told you guys this, yeah. but literally, when I watched this in theaters, after when the credits were rolling, I was like. Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson's a great writer director, and somebody else in the in the in the theater said, "Yeah, yes." I think you were joking. See, I was not joking. It actually happened. Oh, oh my no. god! Oh no! Visionary writer. It was director. Ryan Johnson himself. I say it in jest, but I, I really do think he's a very talented filmmaker. Yeah, I, I too, I do too. After after rewatching the Last Jedi and changing my mind about it, and then watching I, Knives Out, I didn't realize he made Looper. Yeah, Looper yeah. solid too. Yeah, Looper and yeah. Uh, Brick. Brick. Was I have not seen either seen. of those movies though. Yeah, 
Looper is pretty good. Yeah. So just from my perspective, it was like my introduction to Ryan Johnson was Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) You can understand my hesitance, right? Yeah, yeah. It's understandable. Yeah. This is this film is much more his playground though. It's it's much it's much better yeah. suited to his his voice. Uh, this kind of quirky, slightly meta methodology to filmmaking. Oh, let's talk a little bit about the way this movie looks because I think it looks gorgeous. I think it's so, so yeah. colorful, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I thought after viewing it the first time, I thought for sure it was made on film because that's the way it looks, right? Me as it too. turns out, Me as it too. turns out, it's fully digital. Hmm. It's, it's completely, it's fully digital, and every all the film grain, like all the thing, all the effects that are typical for film. Yes, the halation, like, uh, yeah. the halation variant. <laughs> well, like, well they're, they're, I mean, there's there's halation. There's like a uh, slight judder that you only notice yeah. like in um, long tripod shots. And just the color grading in general looks so much like film. It looks so rich. And it was all digital. And it's all, yeah, it was all was filmed on uh, Ori Alexa, I think. It looks so great. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but the, he, he has a great cinematographer and a, great ed- and a fantastic editor working mm. for him. This film is very well edited. There are some hilarious match cuts. Just the editing in general is very well done. It feels so so tight, so brisk, and you're never left wanting for you know moving the story, move, pushing the pace along. Yeah, it's perfect. I really appreciate this, and it's something I noticed much more on my second viewing. But Ryan Johnson is not afraid to hold and give actors room to act. Yes. I didn't notice it the first yes. time, but there are some very long takes in this film. There are some exceptionally like, every actor has, like, I think at least one long take. Um, and I don't mean, like, like multiple minutes, but, like, yeah. you know, a fa- fairly long shot. And it just gives them time to just do the scene. And you don't need to cut, cut, get coverage, get coverage, get coverage, close up, close up. Just give them, like, stage them, block them, and then give them time to act it out. And it's just, it's, it's really refreshing. You mean you don't need an action scene every five minutes, Barry? <laughs> Well, like I don't Rise even mean that. Uh, I mean, what? like when you JJ Abrams, what? <laughs> like if this was, let's say, if George Lucas was shooting shooting a dialogue scene, it would be A camera, B camera, shot shot reverse shot, and Ryan Johnson, genius writer director, and well, <laughs> George <yeah>. Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan Johnson will is certainly not afraid to use shot reverse shot. He loves ensemble staging and getting actors together. He'll shoot coverage for islands and stuff like that, but if he can have two actors just get it done and act it out, which is actually very tough to film. It's much more stage, because if you're filming dialogue, yeah. you usually want to film a cutaway. So if you're in the edit, you can tighten it in the edit. So you're talking, 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 cut away, talking, 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 and you can tighten the film, tighten the scene based around your cutaway is a pretty typical thing, which is why long shots are typically tough, even for something as simple as, like, dialogue, because you want to have that little bit of safety when you're in post, so you can, like, speed it up, or, like, maybe uh, cut across so that you can give a longer pause and stuff like this. It's 
it's very typical. And you, the more you watch film, the more you notice these these little cutaways in the middle of dialogue to control the pace of it. Speaking of King of the Monsters, that goddamn film had so many cutaways yeah. because they I, I don't know what they were doing. It they were was trying so to salvage it. Yeah. <laughs> Salvage the wreckage. They couldn't. It was like coverage, coverage, inserts, cutaways. I'm like, just fucking get the scene over. Get the movie over. Yeah. So, location wise, this house is a real house. That blows my mind. Yeah. Parts of it are a set, definitely. And not all of the locations are inside the house, but a lot of them are. The attic study and actually the floor below it are all one big set that's staged like three stories high. Wow. Oh, okay. This entire room basically folds outwards because otherwise you don't, you're not going to fit a crew in a camera. <laughs> no, no, the room is tiny. Yeah, it's like a big j- yeah. jigsaw puzzle. Thrombi's upstairs study is what we're talking about. And they constructed it and everything in there is placed in there by the, their astonishing prop guy. And they filmed it by basically pulling away sections of the wall and filming it like that. It's a pretty big set. It's this room. The staircase and extends to the floor beneath that with like the fake fold-out wall and then another staircase underneath that. Mm. So that, that's pretty mm. cool. I love when they, they build interesting sets like this just, just for like that, that extra atmosphere. And it kind of reminds me of the set in Parasite that you brought up, that whole street being built in like a giant tub basically so it can flood it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just like so much stuff on the screen. The movie looks so rich because every last inch of the frame is filled with like interesting little artifacts and like the study and the library and all the little bits of this house that are like just breathe character. It's it's fantastic. And color too, like you mentioned. It's not one color. Yeah. <laughs> like orange. <you> know? <laughs> or it's blue. not mega orange. Or blue or black or Gray. Orange and teals are what make video cinematics in. You're you right. Know? You're right. Yeah. I'm doing this wrong. Blue Man Group, that's why they're so good. <laughs> they blew themselves. <laughs> that joke from Arrested Development. Oh man, still gets me. This is the second time I think I've seen Anodarmus. Uh the first one being Blade Runner. Blade Runner? Yeah. 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 She is She's talented. I was going to say really cute. (laughs) Very, very true statement as well. Also very true. You kind of buy into it, like her character. Uh, Yeah. I mean, everyone else does does a fantastic job. There's lots of nuance to all of their performances. Yeah. (laughs) She's in Despicable Me. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, wow. Now that's what I call acting. That's range right there. I loved that all of the Thrombi family characters refer to her background as a different South, like Latin American. It's a different country every time. Every Brazilian, single one. Venezuelan, Colombian. Also, every one of them said that I voted for you to be at the funeral, but I got outvoted. So how is that possible if the majority is like, I voted for you exactly. to come here? And the, the funniest thing is none of them mentioned Cuba, which is her actual nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That brings to light one of the, my favorite thing about mystery movies is like the interweaving timelines and the unreliable mm. narrators yes there's always the the stacked timelines right like the main timeline 
that you're following throughout mm-hmm. the movie where you're following the investigation and then like the night of the murder or whatever you keep cutting back to and every time yeah. you cut back to it it's from a different perspective and it's just a little bit different it's so much fun to pick out the little differences like oh here's the scene where like hey we're all so nice to to <laughs> to onadarmus and they're showing you from their from their perspectives and like everyone's smiling. And then when it comes to her perspective, she's like miserable. <laughs> they're like home. all racist. <laughs> they're yeah. so racist. You're like, oh <laughs> It's so great. So what you're telling me, Barry, is that it's all about the C plot? Just like when you free horses from <laughs> the planet. Now it's worth it. Now it's worth you're right, you're right. it. Now it's worth it. God. You can tell this works a lot more to his strengths because there's so much meta commentary baked into the movie that you don't really need to know about. But if you pick up on it, it makes it better. Like the mm-hmm. fact that Jody's was it Joni or Jody? Joni? Like the lifestyle guru character. Oh yes, that's Joni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her her whole character is just making fun of Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> See, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I didn't put two and two sense. together. Yeah, it does make yeah. sense. It's goop. It's just goop. Yeah, goop. she's selling flam instead. It's like, oh, I'm. I didn't catch flam. that. They're the same thing. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, oh my god. Uh, I love how she's broke too. Oh man, she's just completely broke. This movie is also much like Parasite, about classism. Yes, it's only slightly more subtle than Parasite, but not much more. I like how they make fun of the girl. How she goes to, like Smith College. And then the boy is pretty much like alt right, <laughs> yeah. masturbating joylessly to pictures of dead deer. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like, why though? Why he he makes fun of both sides. You yeah, know, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Ryan Johnson Genius. gets it done again. Genius. He was also a producer, by the way. So writer, director, and yeah. the triple threat. <laughs> yeah, triple threat. <laughs> we just need him to act. Quadruple threat. He could be like Tarantino, insert himself into his own films. That that would be great. Oh, I, I actually don't want that. It would be it would be like too, it would be too much. It would be too distracting. <laughs> it would be just so distracting. I want it to be like Hitchcock, where he's like wearing a hat and walking through the scene, and that's it. That's his cameo. <laughs> I, I would I'll be down for that. Or like George Lucas's uh, cameo in Rise of Skywalker. He was in there. Are you somewhere. serious? Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Uh, George Lucas. Oh, George Lucas. No, Ryan Johnson no. got through. F you, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> no, Ryan Johnson was in that movie so much. He was he was the one that was being run over the, by the bus. Oh, you're right. You're right. Over and over <laughs> yeah, again. You're right. Yep. But credit to him, he picked himself back up, got all those tire tracks ironed out, and uh, made knives out. And uh, it's a great movie. Yeah, it literally followed. What like two years after Last Jedi? Two years? One year? Yeah, pretty pretty closely afterwards. Yeah. So that means he literally finished that project and pretty much went straight into making Knives Out. Props to him. Yeah, and I know, according to him, he'd been sort of been working on the idea for this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. He's a big fan of Agatha Christie and mm. you know, murder mysteries and whodunits and stuff like that. Apparently, they're greenlit for like a series of films just based around Daniel Craig's character. Like, he'll just be a different mystery oh, every time. Yeah. That'll be fantastic, yeah. I'm so excited, honestly. I'm so excited. It'll be incredible. How'd you guys like his performance, by the way? The southern accent, it was 
so jarring. <laughs> yeah, that's I was ridiculous. like, oh, James Bond, not like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, Kentucky Fried Colonel? Yeah. <laughs> Kentucky, Fried. Kentucky Fried Detective. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the way uh, Chris Evans put it. Mm, oh, yeah, oh yeah. my god. But it's fantastic. It's it was so, good. so jarring. When I listened to it in the theaters, I'm like, Nani? <laughs> well I do declare <laughs> well I do declare it was it was just short of being a you joke a good hot <laughs> <laughs> well I do have my opinion about it but, but the question still stands <laughs> who hot me like that's the way Ryan Johnson wrote it and Daniel Craig's like yeah it's the donut hole inside of the donut <laughs> <laughs> that donut line is the best line I ever heard in a movie. It's just not so a donut confused. hole, but another donut, so... a small donut with its own hole. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! When I heard that, I was like, I was dying. This is the best movie ever. Oh, was that Ryan Adler's? Johnson? No, no, Ryan Johnson wrote that in his script, and he doubted himself. He thought, "Oh God, is this too much?" What? No. And Daniel no. and Daniel Craig fought for it. He's like, really you need good. to keep this oh. in. <laughs> we need this it. This is fantastic. <laughs> just, just let me do it, and then you'll see how I do it, and you're gonna love it. And he's like, oh my god. <laughs> good, good call, Daniel Craig. That is like the best line yeah, what ever. A legend. Yeah, legend. Absolutely legendary. <laughs> oh my god, Oscar-worthy performance right there. I was like rolling in theaters. I'm like, oh my god, this is everything I didn't know I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Did it win? Or did it get any Oscar nods? It got it had to have, screenplay. Right? Got a nod for screenplay and possibly editing. Well, jokes on them because Ryan Johnson wrote the script. <laughs> I don't know if it won anything, but it definitely got a bunch of nods. Happily so. I think it only got one. It says nominee, best original screenplay, Ryan mm. Johnson. Ryan Johnson, visionary writer, director, mm. and producer. Got nominated yeah. for three Golden Goats, though. Mm. Nice. Best motion picture, best performance by an actress, Anna De Armas, best performance by an actor in a motion picture, Daniel Craig. Oh, and one movie of the year from AFI. It's actually crazy. This is my personal... Like, movie of the year, though, for sure. It's actually my movie of the year. I really liked it. Really? Okay. It was, it you was replaced so this over fun. Parasite? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Parasite is absolutely technically a better movie. Don't get me wrong. I loved Parasite. Mm -hmm. But, but goddamn, Knives Out was so much fun. <laughs> me too. Like, Parasite is well made. The editing is superb. Like, all the thematic elements tie with the story, and it's his most approachable film, you know, compared to Snowpiercer, right? That's like, yeah, I can't yeah. relate to that with <laughs> tiny kids in the train. But like, uh, Snowpiercer is so relatable. Can no, you not, not imagine living in an post-apocalyptic no, train? No, I can't. Of course not. Or I would not live in a train. Hold axes and fight in the dark. Yeah. Or when you freeze your arm off and eat it. That's like a Tuesday, you know? Yeah, sure, makes sense. But yeah, this this movie was too much fun. That donut line alone. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> when I rewatched this film, I literally just rewound that scene. I rewatched that scene like four times. It was so <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> just watching Daniel freaking James Bond with his Kentucky fried southern accent getting so worked up. He's like verging on pontification. It's like I thought I thought I'd found the donut hole, but there was another hole inside of the donut hole. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and he's so passionate talking about donuts. He must really <laughs> like donuts. That's that's what I got out of that scene. He loves donuts. Oh, donut yeah. It's fantastic. And there's lots of little subtleties to that scene that really add to the performance. Something that I, I noticed only because Brian Johnson pointed it out in the commentary track. But during the course of that scene, like like he takes off his jacket and he rolls up his sleeves and tucks in like his tie, like he's getting ready, like like for action, like he's mm. getting ready to do some work. And really, he's just yeah. delivering dialogue, building up to this thing. Adds this little extra layer to it that you can watch. And it's it's just great. Originally, I think that was supposed to be a bunch of really long takes. And they came back and post and decided to steal back from their own footage and cut back to the events as they were for that final, like, the expository denouement. For a little bit of more clarity, and just to have a little bit more fun with it, so you can see how the events actually played out. Whereas mm. originally it was just going to be all dialogue, and I think I like that choice. When this comes yeah. out on Blu-ray, I would love them to include just the whole speech as like a bonus feature, <laughs> just to see him perform. It. <laughs> yeah, apparently Daniel Craig memorized the entire thirty pages of the script. Wow. And he was, like, ready to go and film it immediately on his day. So he just let the cameras roll. That donut line got to him. He's like, I need to memorize this genius script. (laughs) There's so many... Oh, that's so great. There's so... His character is based very much on uh, Poirot from Agatha Christie. Poirot? Okay, I have not read any Agatha Christie. I read all Sherlock Holmes, like Isaiah mentioned. I've read... And then there were none. Ten Little Indians? <laughs> the very uh, appropriate title. Boxcar Children, anyone? <laughs> Boxcar Children? <laughs> Fantastic. What was it? Nancy Drew? Fantastic. Nancy Drew, yeah. What Hardy about the boys? two boys? The Hardy Boys. Yeah, the Hardy, Hardy Boys. boys. Yeah. Good times. I mean, there's Murder, She Wrote, and Pink Panther. Who did Murder on the Orient Express? Was that? Yeah, that was Christy. That was Agatha Christie. Okay. That was Agatha Christie. We should watch that one as well. It looked fantastic. Is that a recent film or? Captain Jack Sparrow <laughs> solves yes. a murder mystery on a train, Sam. What's oh, not to like? Really? It's fairly recent, I think. Okay. Uh, I'm two down. years ago? Yeah, yeah. Three years ago, maybe? It's been on my want to watch list for a minute. Sam here. Yeah. Mm. Can we talk about uh, douchebag Captain America for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, his character is so good. Uh, like You want to like him so and it turns funny. out he's a terrible guy. He is bad guy. <laughs> he is bad guy. But he is bad, bad guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like subverting your expectations on a couple yeah. of different levels. Yeah. yeah. Because every single character in the film has said up until the point that he shows up that he's the one you need to be looking out for. But every mm-hmm. character in this film are a bunch of dick weasels. So you don't want to believe everyone's him. just snakes. Yeah, yeah. everyone's a liar, and then he shows up and he's like charming and charismatic, and he's just like he's against them. So you're like, well, yeah, yeah, he might be a jerk, but he's also the jerk to to the to the jerks. I don't know if, <laughs> where are we going with this. And then it leads you along, and it turns out he's actually just a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest of jerks. It's also the great, my acting moment of the year because he had to pretend that he didn't like dogs. And that's like, that's such a stretch. (laughs) 
That's such a brilliant moment. That's great acting. acting. How can you pretend to dislike dogs as Chris Evans? Yeah. Mm. You're right. You're right. Captain America, how could yeah, you? Ca- Captain America. I feel like it was so jarring. I say this because Ryan Johnson pointed it out. Because <laughs> he said, Chris Evans fucking loves dogs and dogs fucking love him. <laughs> <laughs> That's great acting. <laughs> Fantastic acting. Oscar. Oh my god, this scene. This goddamn scene also made me crack up. Where he's theaters. smoking a cigar outside. So funny. Where he's just in the shadows smoking his damn cigar in the like shadows. Like a creeper. Oh, I thought it was so funny. Something's just so visually hilarious about it, and how, like, it's, like, so obvious and yet so funny. The cigars he smokes, by the way, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going out off on a little tangent here, but the cigars he smokes are custom-made, if you notice, they're, like, a foot long. They are massive. Yeah, they're so long. <laughs> I kept noticing it. I'm like, where the hell did you get that cigar? It's like, I must buy one. <laughs> I must find one and spend the better part of, like, two days smoking it, because it's huge. <laughs> yeah, that's something you, like, put down, have dinner, come back, just keep smoking. Passed down to, to generations <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yes, yes. Your sons, sons, sons will son, smoke son. that cigar. Uh, Chris Evans, though, like, mm-hmm. I was very impressed because... I was so impressed, too, yeah. Because we've seen him as Captain America for, like, a decade now, and he's so, like... Straight up. Yeah. Affable and charming and so much presence, and then he comes into this film, and it's, like, all of those same qualities, except now he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's incredible. Yeah, it's yeah so... I felt like... Uh, ahead, it was so jarring for me because I literally watched Endgame, and then right after I finished Endgame, I watched this film. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell, Chris Evans? What, what the what hell, Captain America? What, what Captain happened? Captain America, how could you do this? Not the dogs. This is the Captain America that joined Hydra. <laughs> You're right. Oh my gosh, that scene where he's just going one by one, he's like, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. <laughs> You're like, oh my god. <laughs> I will not eat one iota. <laughs> I was de- I was dead, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. And apparently, uh, Ryan Johnson said he made that choice because originally it was fuck you, but then oh. you only get to use one for a PG-13 rating. So Sometimes you get two. I think they got two for this yeah, one. Yeah, I think they got two for this film. They're like, yeah, we managed to pass with two, but... <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's why they switched it, just hmm, so that they could make it a PG-13 film. Fascinating, isn't it? That's yeah. so fascinating. So you can't say F-words, but you can kill a person, and that's totally fine. <laughs> so I guess... Yes. Yeah, You can tell sense. people to eat shit. That is perfectly fine. Yeah, okay. No okay. issues here. Hmm. They uh, digitally removed a lot of the blood, by the way. Oh, really? To get the PG-13. Yeah. Originally, it was supposed to be like this <laughs> almost Tarantino-esque bloom of blood. For that scene. Oh, like Kill Bill? Yeah. And they dialed it back a lot. To ground it a little bit, and also to get the PG thirteen. That makes sense. I don't yeah. think that this movie. I don't think it needed to much. be R at all. I think it's a yeah. much better off for it. I think this is legitimately a film you could take your kids to see. Maybe yeah. avert their eyes briefly for the one scene where Christopher Plummer slits his own throat because that's oh, a little... I was like, oh, oh wait, <laughs> I wanted to talk about that too because that scene was so sad. He he didn't need to do that kill himself <laughs> yeah i know i was very so... shakespearean oh. just incredible yeah. it actually got me because at the end of the film i'm like oh no you're just a nice old man that didn't need to die yeah like oh <laughs> he just has wow. a dick of a family uh, yeah <laughs> like he could 
You like, and the thing is, his own hubris killed him too. If he just listened, yeah. And the worst yeah. part is, he did it to protect Anna de Armas from being blamed. You know, if it's a suicide, mm -hmm. then I was just like, no one to blame. oh yeah. yeah, like all these good people coming together. The only two good people in the movie, probably. And mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, tragedy strikes there. That got me though. I was like, oh, he could have. Yes, he could have survived. It made me super sad. Yeah, there yeah. are only two deaths in this film, and you really feel bad for both of them, Christopher Plummer and yeah. Fran. Oh, Fran. Fran. The maid. Yeah. I don't know the actress's yeah. name. Addie I feel bad Patterson. I looked it up. I have IMDb open in front of me. I I don't know their names either. So it's amazing how even though her role is fairly limited, and even Christopher Plummer was not in the movie very much, but you feel pretty sad about it right up until the yeah. end. Yeah, you still care about them as characters, even though they have fairly limited screen time. Yeah, yeah it's well, just well great done. writing and great directing. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> and great producing, don't forget. Great producing. Yes, great producing as well. <laughs> I love the number of layers mm -hmm. there are, I'm mentioning again, to each, each character. Anadarmus, obviously, fantastic. Uh, Daniel Craig, fantastic. Even, like, the detective characters... I think are what make the film work because they ground it. Yeah. They're like the base level of believability here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even they have their little moments that let you let them in on the joke. Like at the end where Daniel Craig's going off on his spiel and <laughs> the, the detective, well, but what are you talking about? And the other one's like, it's like Wait, this is the best part. It's <laughs> the good part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was dead, dude. He's like, Shh, stop, stop, stop. Let him keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. It's like they're, they're saying what people are thinking usually in these scenes, you know? Oh, let's talk about structure. This movie is not really structured like a traditional whodunit because mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of more like a, like a TV mystery. And Ryan Johnson pointed this out. Okay. This is more like an episode of Columbo than it is a oh, traditional Columbo. Hudumbo. It's a good show, too. Because yeah. in Columbo, they usually show you pretty early on who did the crime. And the show becomes more about how you f figure out who the criminal was. So it's more about like mm -hmm. that journey. In his words, more of a how done it. <laughs> how done? <laughs> Why is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Like, they show you pretty, I think, I guess towards the end of the first act, that, yeah, it was, it was Anadarmus, but there's, there's layers to it, <laughs> you know? It's like an onion. You peel it back and there's another layer. It's donut with a it's donut, like a donut, donut, donut <laughs> hole yeah. in the donut hole. Yep, yep. Now they better make a donut where there's like a small donut in the donut hole, which has its own hole, like a donut and a donut. If they sold that as official movie merch, I would buy it in an instant. <laughs> like a t-shirt? Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. Oh my god, I'm gonna make a t-shirt right now. I'm gonna... Like, imagine a white pocket tee with a purple and brown donut, but over the pocket, and then you have the donut, and inside that donut, it's a smaller... And the pocket, <laughs> it's like inside the pocket? Exactly. Inside oh, the pocket. genius! Wait. I'm gonna edit this out so no one steals idea. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but fair enough. Oh, the actress for 
Christopher Plummer's mom is actually younger than he is in real life. Really? That's fantastic. That's absolutely wonderful. She's just doing a great job physical acting, and she went through a lot of makeup for it. Mm. Oh, God. Her character is just... Somehow, she does nothing, and yet is hilarious. <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Ransom? <laughs> Ransom? Is that back? you? I felt bad, though, because, like, all these... All these family members didn't even bother talking to her after she lost her son. It was Daniel yeah. Craig. He was the first guy. A true gentleman. True gentleman. Absolutely. Southern gentleman. Yeah. Well, no. Kentucky uh, gentleman. <laughs> well, somebody asked her if she, she wants something to eat at some point during the movie. Fran? Don Johnson's character? No, it wasn't Fran. Was it, it I was, feel like uh, it was Don Johnson. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Never mind. Well, no, I, I mean, like, it saying, Johnson. like... It was the other son. Walt? Yeah, Walt. Regardless, it was like, they didn't really console her, is what I meant. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, I mean, but but then, um... Then somebody walks by, they're like, leave her alone, she already ate the entire salmon spread. <laughs> 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 that's, how, that's how she stays strong. You gotta eat everything, you know? <laughs> Those cookies look delicious. Poor Chris Evans. Yeah. The Belgian cookies. I think he ate boxes of these cookies. Oh, God. Gained 20 pounds. Yeah, I bet right, there's at least one whole stick of butter in there. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but anytime you see somebody eating anything, Frank Oz. I don't know if you guys realize this, but this is Frank Oz, a.k.a. the voice of Yoda. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was him, really? but I saw him in the credits. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the lawyer. The- it's Yoda. Yeah. He does a great job. How about that? Yeah, it's like he's not Yoda. <laughs> great job he does. Read you the will I will. <laughs> yeah, he should have done that. Dude, they better have an outtake of that in, in the Blu-ray when it comes out. <laughs> That's fantastic. But yeah, anyway, if you ever see an actor eating anything or drinking anything on screen, realize that they've probably ate that thing like a hundred times. Because yeah, every single take takes. for yeah. all of the coverage, every every cookie they eat, they've eaten that same damn cookie a hundred times, and it must be miserable. Sponsored by <laughs> mostly mostly they'll spit it out if they can, but sometimes you just can't get away with it, and then you end up eating a million cookies and you're miserable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just want to die now. <laughs> I respect the commitment. I think later on, Anadarmus is eating, like, beans at a restaurant, and she's probably eating, like, oh, pounds man. and pounds of beans. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, it's, like, pure misery. Oh, I love this slap fight. Any Anytime all the actors get together in one room, it's so wonderful, because all these actors are just absolute legends, and they're just having so much fun together on screen. <laughs> and they're all just, like, playing around, <laughs> having a great time. Oh, they're having a wonderful time. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Michael Shannon. He always plays the bad guy. And I love it. <laughs> he is bad guy. <laughs> he is bad guy. Yeah. But him in Shape of Water, fantastic. I highly recommend. Oh, you see, uh, I have not seen that. Yes. I will stop my sentence there. <laughs> <laughs> you fall in love with the fish, right? That's yes, the story. Fishmen. Yes. Fishmen, yes. fish love. Yes, fish love. 
Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Legend. Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim. Yeah. To yeah. Shape of Water. Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. We should definitely do some of his stuff. Oh, absolutely. We already yes. did. Pacific Rim. It's a masterpiece. What's his next project? I feel uh, like I heard about it and now I've completely forgotten all details. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Who is that, uh, the girl there? Like, uh, the, the one that goes to Smith College? Catherine Langford. This is one of her first few roles, I think. She's, she's fairly young. Yeah, she, she plays Iron Man's daughter. Oh, really? Like, the old version in Endgame that they never ended up using? I'm pretty sure that's her. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's crazy. Captain America? <laughs> is this a coincidence? I know. I was telling Barry, it's... <laughs> it's literally... Uh, this movie got me excited for the next James Bond movie. Oh yeah, me too, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I'm not a right. fan of James Bond, to be honest. I think it's just mediocre. How yeah. dare, dare you? How, How dare, you? dare you? I think it's just average, you know? I don't think it's great. Wow. How dare you? Pinocchio. <laughs> wait, wait, Del Toro's making Pinocchio? <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, that's going to be a nightmare. Screenplay, screenplay. Oh, and okay. they're in the process of filming it right now. Del Toro makes... Freaky stuff. Hey, I don't want to see a freaky Pinocchio. Stuff and it's yeah. fantastic. He worked on the screenplay for Battle of Five Armies, The Hobbit. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, of course and he did. You were, he directed it too. Wasn't he originally supposed to direct The Hobbit? I don't, I don't know. Oh, I feel like he was. Yeah. It was either him or... I don't know. Peter Jackson originally did not want to do it. That's part of the reason why those movies ended up the way they did. Makes a lot of Which sense. Which is a discussion for another day when we do... <laughs> The 12 Days of Lord of the Rings. No, those movies are extra long. To do it. We have to do it, Sam. It's probably, uh, it might take more than that. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta do it like a year the in advance. three months of Lord of the Rings. Today yeah. we're doing the first half of the Fellowship of the Rings. Right. We're doing the first 20 minutes. Oh my goodness. Hour-long episodes for every 30 minutes of film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you end in the middle. You just, there's no <laughs> warning. It just ends and then continues there's on. There's no conclusion. Yeah. That's the end. <laughs> hey, it's timely, Sam. I'm in New Zealand. You're right, you're right. Land, well, land of the hobbits. Please send us a picture yes. from Hobbitown. <laughs> I've already been. I already have pictures. Oh, nice. <laughs> we nice. already have background art, Sam. Have you been to Mountain Doom yet? I have. I did the hike. It was like 13 miles and I wanted to die. Very Do you fun. drop like a ring in there and then just leave? <laughs> Yeah, no. just bring the ring for myself, Sam. Bring like a little crappy, like uh, a plastic ring and bury it somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> contribute to. I ways. wonder if people actually do that. I I'm think sure they, they would. Do. Yeah, I'm I, sure I know they do. at least yeah. Rooster Teeth Studios. The guys did Red vs. Blue. They had this whole series yeah. where they had like two cast members fly out to New Zealand and hike and out recreate there, recreate the journey, recreate the journey, they, like yeah, the entire yeah. journey, like from the set to set. That's crazy. And then they like hiked up to Mount Doom and they buried a ring up out there somewhere. <laughs> mm. They do it and they start look at the camera. And they're like, I don't know if this was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I regret everything. <laughs> I regret this. <laughs> I regret everything. Did at least like 500, 600 miles of walking at the very least. Mm. Yeah. Because they filmed on the South Island and the North Island. So they had to do at least over a thousand something miles. God, I would die. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know all, all the details. I don't know if they did the whole thing, but I know they at least did like Hobbiton to maybe Rohan, and then yeah, I, I didn't realize this yes. was Frank Oz either. By the way, yeah, I didn't know what he looked like. You know, I mean, if he started talking like Yoda, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. No one knows what he looks like. You just you just think Yoda. He needs to have an outtake where he's talking like Yoda in that lawyer scene. <laughs> he needs to have one. <laughs> Absolutely. The movie would just become 10,000 times better oh, if he did. Oh, it would. Oh, what if he did the donut line in the Yoda voice? <laughs> just like vo- like voicing it behind Daniel Craig when he's acting. Oh my god. That would be like... That would gold. be fantastic. That, yeah, I want to see that now. Ryan Johnson, please make it happen. I love that of the cast of Star Wars, he pulled fucking Yoda. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this, this guy's the only good guy. You know, like in Ant-Man, when Luis is, like, telling people stories and it's talking through different people? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. he does that. What with but Yoda? He pretends to be Daniel Craig. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. I would pay money to see that. There is a cut subplot from this film around Michael Shannon's character. The reason he has the cane... And the reason he's hobbling around with, like, that broken leg the entire movie is because he owes money to the mob. Oh, wow. That yep. makes sense. And they broke mm-hmm. his knees? They, they broke his leg, yeah. They kind of just cut it for pacing. Probably included as, like, a bonus feature or whatever. But mm. there you go. It's another little interesting factoid from Ryan Johnson's It's uh, like, who done it? Commentary. Who broke his legs? Now we know. It's the mob. <laughs> yeah, it was the mob. <laughs> Oh, I, I kind of like how they don't explain it, because, like, when, when he's, like, walking with the cane, it's a little menacing, you know? That scene where he's talking to Anne de Armas, just, like, the cane scene was, I don't know, it walking was down good. The hall. Yeah, it, it yeah. worked. It worked. I think it, it added to the, the threat there, because you don't know how it happened, you know? But if he knew that his legs got broke by the mob, it wouldn't be as scary, because, you know, he's, <laughs> he's probably a wimp. Well, he's he's portrayed the entire movie as kind of like this ineffectual, like kind Living of living in the shadow of his father. Yeah, type yeah. figure. Yeah, and he's like competing with his older brother. I love their like little slap fight in the the foyer. He's like, whatever. no, you stop. No, yeah. you stop. <laughs> I love how the whole family's like, oh, we'll take care of you, and then as soon as they don't get the money, <laughs> they're like, give it they're back. Like, you they fucking all bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> Oh, I love how she keeps it. Oh, I forgot about the car chase. Oh my god, the car chase. Yeah, the car chase was pretty funny too. I was cracking up so much. <laughs> it's like, go faster. I'm, this is it. This is all my foot is gonna... literally all the way down. <laughs> uh, she still outmaneuvers them, which is a great part. So much fun in this film. Everywhere. There's fun everywhere to be had. God, I love yeah. how crappy her car is. Look at all the dents on it. Attention to detail. A lot of really good details. I highly recommend everybody watch the film twice. Literally. Watch it once and then watch it with a commentary. When you realize the amount of detail they went into for a lot of the stuff they do, it gives you a great appreciation for the art of cinema and filmmaking. The level of detail as far as like every single frame, every all the costume work, set work, setting up your marks, setting up your shots, and then the day of you find something interesting and you throw it all out the window. You do a rewrite and then you build it from the ground up again. You're like, man, filmmaking's hard. 
It is. The sad thing is, like, when you do it right, like you mentioned before, like, most of the time you don't notice it because it just feels real. Like, it feels natural. So you don't, like, you don't really You're just give caught it up a, in the pace. Yeah, just caught up. But when things go wrong, you notice it right away. It's kind of sad. You're like, why are we on Canto Bite? What is this? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Free the horses? Now, what? Free the horses? Now it's what? worth it. <laughs> now it's worth it. Oh, get out of here, Rhodes. God dang it. Don't free the slave children. <laughs> yeah, leave the slave children behind, but free the horses. Exactly. Makes sense. Logic. What did you guys think of the uh, the score for this film? Didn't really notice it. Whatever they did worked. Yeah, it's very subtle, but no, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Did you not think so? Like if it stands out to me, like it, it, they did something wrong. But it's more like if it fits the movie, I don't. It just flows together with everything for me. I only really noticed one moment, which was mm-hmm. where Daniel Craig is uh, speaking with Christopher Plummer's mother in the study, and there's this wonderful operatic yeah. track in the background. As it turns out, Ryan Johnson kind of um, showed this to some family and friends, and he was playing around with some different tracks. And it happened to temp in. Temp music, by the way, is this thing in movies where when you have a rough assembly of a film, you just like grab random music to play over yeah. it to give you an idea of how it might, might be like. And most composers hate temp music, by the way. And we might go into, more, into that more later on for a different film. I don't think it's worth talking about for this film. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be mysterious about this. But anyway, uh, he grabbed this temp score and he loved it. And it actually worked with the beats of the scene. And then he looked into it, and it was a very specific recording of a very specific piece that ended up being ridiculously expensive. And he bought it anyways. And he, he fucking, he's like, I'm sorry guys, but it has to be this one. His producer's like, you fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> How much are we paying for this goddamn music? Oh. <laughs> when a director's willing to go to those lengths for a piece of music or like something that's that is literally a specific recording of the piece you know there's other recordings that of the exact same music with probably the same tempo but not quite the same performance and if he's willing to go that extra mile for something so incredibly specific you know that they're really passionate about filmmaking and i can yeah. i really i really admire that from visionary genius writer director producer ryan johnson Yes, yes. Can't wait for his next project. I feel like his honorifics are getting longer and longer. It's going to be like actor, he makes. Yeah, makeup artist, music composer, set designer, set designer, set yep. designer. location scout, casting agent. <laughs> he did obviously do some scouting for this, but I think this house is in Massachusetts somewhere. Somewhere in New mm. England. I'm pretty sure it Massachusetts. It's very New England. East Coast, yeah. I love that line that just bought it from some Pakistani real estate agent. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. This house has been in our family for generations. It's like he bought it from some Pakistani real estate agent in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Just this offhand scathing criticism of like all these new money people. They're like, oh, I, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Bitch, you got like $500 million from your dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're nothing. It's like you're just old money <laughs> that has been gifted to you. A small loan of a million dollars is all it takes to become a millionaire. You would have thought. 
genius. Oh, you gave me a million dollars? I am now a millionaire. I like it because, much like Parasite, even though these two movies are very obvious about their message, it's not like condescending or like sanctimonious in any way. Parasite is like the opposite end of the spectrum of this, where it was obvious, but like very well done and not condescending. Yeah, like rich people weren't bad in that movie, the portrayal. It's like everyone just sucks a little bit and life sucks for everyone. Yeah, whereas in this movie, everyone's a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like Ryan Johnson, I think I've said this in our review of Last Jedi, but he's inviting you to, to sit with him and enjoy a good, good hearty chuckle. He's just inviting you to enjoy cinema with him. Yeah, he's the kind of director that will sneak into like, and I know because he said this and he's done this. Well, he'll sneak into like showings of his film and just sit in the back and watch the audience reactions, just to gauge how it goes. Mm. Watching the Last Jedi must have been real fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna move on out of here. here just put some, hey, like, aren't you Ryan right, Johnson? No, nope, no, 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 no. Never heard of him. <laughs> Sounds <Yep>. like a dickhead. <laughs> Sounds like a dick. I'm Giant Ronson. <laughs> no, I'm Don Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Don Johnson. This is a family-made film, by the way. Oh, really? Are they actually brothers? I'm pretty sure they're actually brothers. Don Johnson and a, Johnson, a couple Johnson. of the crew. I want to say the editor and one other person. There's he, he mentioned that he has at least two other family members involved in the production of this film. Interesting. It's a talented family, the Johnsons. You very much get the sense that he's absolutely a film enthusiast and fan, first and foremost. Yeah. And it really translates to how much fun this goddamn movie was. I think I'm going to have to rewatch this again right before the new Bond movie. Uh, what's it going to be? No Day to Die? No, no Time to Die? No, no, no Time to Die? Starring Daniel Craig and Anatomus. It's Knives Out Part 2. Exactly. Bond with Knives. If they have a reference to Knives Out, it'd be fantastic. Oh, dude, if he talks about donuts, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to be like, this is the best <laughs> movie ever. Every time Stabs a donut, a donut appears yeah. on screen. <laughs> Wait, what is this? This is fantastic. Johnson is a folk singer and banjo player. What? Okay. <laughs> His brother is music producer Aaron Johnson. His cousin Nathan Johnson composed for Brick, Brothers Bloom, Looper, and Knives Out. There we go, Nathan Johnson. Nathan Johnson. He is yep. a musician, Ryan Johnson, as well. Writer, director, producer, musician. He's yeah. A talented guy. Quadruple talented. threat. Still couldn't save Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> he sure tried. He tried his damnedest. He tried, and they carried him out on his shield. Yeah, on a stretcher. <laughs> yeah, he died with it. <laughs> Imagine if you had like knives out, but with Star Wars characters. Yoda's there. <laughs> like, it's like, oh no, who killed Darth Vader? Who, who did this? <laughs> oh, who done it in the Star Wars universe? Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be so good. Oh. That would be incredible. I'm thinking like Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, Mandalorian. Oh, who who yeah. killed a baby Yoda? <laughs> no, who no, never. <laughs> Unacceptable. Unacceptable. He's not really dead. (laughs) Unacceptable. Oh, I love all the location shot, like shooting for for this film. I love Anadarmus, like her little cozy family house. 
the house completely juxtaposed to this giant thromby family mansion. The mega ultra ripe banana that sits in their fruit basket that I kept noticing. I couldn't look away from the entire movie. <laughs> it's going to be turned into banana bread soon. It's a lie though. Shall we do closing thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Like I've said, this is this is my movie of the year. I don't know if it's the best movie, but it's the one that I keep thinking back to and that I think I might have enjoyed the most. It's fun. The performances are fun. The the writing is fantastic. It's well shot. It's very well shot, very well edited. Ryan Johnson called it an editor's film. He's not wrong. <laughs> it's so tight and so... There's a lot of fun in the edit, which is not something you can often say. As far as score, man, I really want to give this 10 suicide. You know what? Screw it. 10 suicide squads. 10 suicide squads. 10 suicide squads. I can find, I don't think I can find any flaw with this film. Hmm. Like, I don't even know where I would nitpick it. Not enough donuts. Not enough donuts. Not enough donuts, yes. That's where my criticism lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. I guess putting the the actual murder so early into the film can deflate it a little bit. A little bit. But because the movie is structured so that it's not quite a classic whodunit, it kind of mm-hmm. elevates it past that. But, <laughs> oh God, I forgot about Daniel Craig <laughs> singing. God, <laughs> such a good, so scene. good. Yeah, he's so like smart but stupid at the same time. I don't understand. That's Daniel Craig's actual iPad, by the way. That's his actual music player. Wow, <laughs> you should sit there rocking out. Oh man, good times. We're sitting here like skipping through the film, and every time you land on a new scene, there's just something to chuckle about or out or laugh at. So yeah, fun. yeah. Uh, how about you, Isaiah? Yeah, I came into this film with very, very, very low expectations, and I left very surprised and very pleasantly surprised. I was, in fact, amazed by how well done this film is, just from like the artistic point of view, the cinematography, but more than that, just like the story and the actors are all incredible. And I'm kind of surprised it didn't win more awards or receive more Oscar nods. It was a very stacked year. Ryan Johnson. It was a stacked year. Yeah. And I think this movie didn't do as well as it could have in the box office, probably because of Star Wars. <laughs> I'm actually impressed that it did as well as it did. Yeah. It's a credit to how strong the yeah. film it was, because I feel like it had everything working against it. Totally, because when I saw, oh no, directed by Ryan Johnson, I don't think you want to put that on the trailer. Like, the guy who did Last Jedi, it was on the trailer right after yeah. Last Jedi came out. I remember thinking, oh, this is not this is not how you want to advertise it, my friend. <laughs> this is not how you market this film. Yeah, this is not how you market this yeah. film. But yeah, movie's fantastic. I pretty much don't have any complaints, I would say. I think I'll give this film a 9.5. 9.5, gotcha. Yeah, I think if I rewatch it, depending on how I feel about the rewatchability, it's like I wonder if the movie will still stand if I already know the outcomes. Because hmm. I feel like with some films, they just get worse with their rewatches, especially in like murder mysteries. Once you know the murder, it just becomes less enjoyable. But I think that there's so totally. many details, like Tarantino's films, that it 
rewards you for rewatching and coming back to the films. And especially with the director commentary, maybe you'll become a 10. We'll see. <laughs> Turns yeah. into a what 7. About you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, this is definitely by far the most fun movie of the year. In fact, of I think I'm just scrolling through the spreadsheet with the scores. And yeah, this is probably the most fun I had in a long time. Yeah, I, like I'm looking at the list. Maybe Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> no, <that's not> <laughs> also starring Daniel Craig. Yeah, also starring yes. da- Daniel Craig. James but, Bond. Uh, James Bond. But yeah, like, yeah, by far the most fun I had with a movie. Not only that, it's well made, like well acted, well produced. Like everything about it, it's just, it's well done. And again, I can't really nitpick anything from it because if, even if there were things to nitpick or things that they made mistakes on or could have done better i didn't notice it and that's the magic of good cinema where it just pulls you in and you're in there with the characters with everyone watching it you're just in there for the ride and it's a really fun ride yeah i'm gonna give it a 10 as well like barry because not because like it's the best movie ever but it's the most fun movie, and that, sometimes that's all you need. Like, it's not only just yeah. fun, it's well-made, too. Like, that's that rarely happens. Like, you can have a really fun movie that's really dumb and not well-made. Like, Pacific Rim 2 is terrible, but I had fun with it. <laughs> I, don't, I had a lot of fun with it. But, like, I this is... It. I enjoyed it. This is another level. So, definitely a 10 for me. 10 Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad wishes it could be the donut, the smaller donut in the donut. Or a donut hole itself. It wishes. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> I will say in closing, upon a rewatch of this film, Ryan Johnson really fucking loves his dolly shots. There were so many yeah, dolly shots. A lot of dolly shots. You're like, dolly, 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 two handheld. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the shot means? Another dolly. <laughs> Look at this dolly. Look at this dolly and look at this photograph. Look at this photograph. Yeah. Look at this graph. <laughs> Shall we end it there, then? I suppose let's end it there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, we all three of us highly recommend this movie. Check it out if you haven't. If you were a little bit turned off by Ryan Johnson because of Last Jedi, don't be. This movie is worth watching. Just end it there. Anyways. This has been episode 29 of the Pointy Hatcast covering Knives Out. Thank you so much for dropping by and listening. We really do appreciate it. See you guys next time. Thanks for dropping by, guys. Stay pointy. <laughs> Stay, Stay pointy. pointy. <laughs> this, uh, th- this little this knife sculpture thing that they had on all the posters, uh, Ryan Johnson loved it and he wanted to keep it. And he suspects that his wife might have bribed the props people to come up with an excuse to prevent him from taking it home. Really? <laughs> I would want that too. Those it looks dope. Damn. <laughs> so many knives. Dude, how would you not take that? It's fantastic. All the knives are indeed out. Yeah, I think, I think he said that uh, the prop people told him like half the knives were rentals that they had to return. They rented knives. That seems like a lie. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, I don't know if that's the truth or if my wife just bribed the prop people so that I wouldn't take this thing. <laughs> <laughs> they know. They know. They know. <laughs> <laughs>